This is The Dog and Bone. Welcome to The Dog and Bone, a series of podcasts brought to you by Propeller Group. I'm Martin Lote, curator of The Dog and Bone. In each episode, you'll listen in to a conversation between two senior people at the sharp end of business change and transformation, with their permission, of course. Our two guests will chat and question each other as equals, exploring industry topics and stories from their careers. Hopefully, they'll dig up some tasty morsels for us to chew on. In this episode, we join two leaders passionate about championing diversity in company leadership. Helen Tupper is a former commercial marketing director for Microsoft, co-founder of career development company Amazing If, and a podcaster and columnist in her own right. Tamara Kay is head of Women in Leadership at Sky, where she focuses on helping it become the employer of choice for women. She's also a former Sky marketeer. We listen in as the pair discuss 50-50 gender splits for job shortlists, the importance of tackling unconscious bias when writing a job description, and why it's okay for a manager to take a little bit of time before getting back to a colleague over a problem. So, as you know, I've been spending so much time lately thinking about um, like diversity in the workplace, the stuff that I've been doing with the New Work Network, the thinking about um, kind of flexible working and everything I do in Amazing If. And I feel that there are some challenges in the workplace in making sure that people are able to do their best work. So be like their mm-hmm. best selves and do their best work. And I know in your role that you are all about enabling that to happen for women. Yeah. And I just wanted to get some of your thoughts on what some of the challenges you're experiencing and mm-hmm. some of the things that you're also doing to to kind of manage that and just have a bit of a chat about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, delighted that you've called to ask. <laughs> so um, if we think about the big talent challenges facing business at the moment, so when I think about it in relation to Sky, it is making sure that we have diverse talent mm-hmm. um, coming into the business and then also identifying our future leaders, female, BAME, along the way and ensuring that actually they're being um, pulled out and being given the development that they need to be the best leaders they can be. Mm-hmm. And I think you always have to think about what's best for your business and think about the best leaders that you need in your business. And they can't be just like you because mm-hmm. when you're always hiring in your image, you have this homogenous culture where you end up in this echo chamber where the same thoughts are always being repeated. So thinking about recruitment into the business, how do you get that talent in there? Diversity at the C-suite level, um, looking around there, I think that can be the hardest to crack sometimes mm. in a business. I think it's at lower a lower level. tail to kind of sort Sort yeah, it's, it's a really long tail. It's a really long tail. And I think we're getting we're getting much better at it. And I think at the lower levels, the leaders who have been there and who might have been there for years and years and years, quite frankly, leading the businesses very successfully. Sky's a fantastically successful business. Um, you, you know, you can't turn around and go, oh, sorry, C-suite X, you know, you, you need to leave now because we need something more diverse at that level. Yeah, yeah. But what you do need to do is you need to show progress and change so that when you have people coming in at those junior levels, they can see people like themselves further up the chain. So it's one of those things where you go, oh, I don't want to hire in my image. But when somebody comes to an interview, they need to see somebody like them. So I, I think about when I think about women in leadership and women in tech and our women in home service and all the programs and initiatives that we we're pulling together at Sky, I always think in, in three blocks, attract, develop, retain. How are we getting people in? Mm-hmm. How are we developing them along the way? And then how are we retaining that talent and making sure that they become the leaders of tomorrow 
and in turn are paying it forward. And paying it forward is a really, really key thing as yeah. well. And is it equally weighted that attract, recruit and retain? Do you is it you know the same amount of effort goes on it in the organisation, or do oh, you have a different? Definitely, no, 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 definitely. I think same amount of effort. Some things do actually require. I think attract can feel like it, it's more of an effort. So senior level appointments, we we insist on 50-50 shortlists. It's one of the foundations. Mm-hmm. We have to have 50-50 shortlists, have to have gender-balanced interview panels, that whole piece about let people see somebody like them in an interview. Um, and it's all very well saying you must have 50-50 shortlists, but when the recruiters are going out and they're doing their very, very best, mm. but the talent isn't in the population and we're competing with other organisations for the same talent, mm. that can be very difficult to fulfil. So we have to be realistic and until that pipeline goes further back, further back than grad schemes into schools, when they start coming through, we might be in a better place. But I think we've relied on grads and then we've relied on hiring in our own images. And Mm -hmm. and now we're going and saying, no, you've got to work harder. You've got to push harder. And do you think that mm. um, in the context of female talent, the development activities that you would put in place for that talent population is different to kind of you know more more, I guess more general um, development activities that you would do so yes Mm -hmm. yes in some ways so I I don't want to think of it as a woman's problem yeah right it's not a woman's problem that they have oh there are weaknesses that we need to address for women Mm -hmm. however we do know there are um, aspects as you well know yourself and you coach people on this and you mentor and this is what your organization is all about and everything that you do um there are there are aspects of women's characters and personalities in business that sometimes need something different yeah. to your standard um, training. So when we established our Women into Leadership program, mm-hmm. which does identify what what can be referred to as the missing middle, mm-hmm. so our future female leaders, identifying them, providing them development, they are undertaking um, a fantastic. What, what's identified as an apprenticeship they're undertaking this fantastic leadership development piece to make them the best leaders and we are then supplementing it with additional workshops and sort of softer skills mm-hmm. training um, that will address those elements so for example better self personal brand mm-hmm. confidence mm-hmm. I think that confidence bit is so key and it is it's something that we do at Amazing If and what I have specifically noticed is Women coming back after maternity leave. So there's there's the um, that cited stat about um, for for women and men that when women are looking at a job description, if they can't tick off like every bullet point of what that job requires, they won't apply for it. I quote it all the time. (laughs) Whereas a guy will apply for it because he's kind of got more confidence. Yeah. Well, I you know I think I can do this, so why wouldn't I apply for it? I think he needs to hit like four or five out of ten. Yeah. And then the guy will apply, and the woman will be like, well, I can't do everything here. And I think that is a, a, a kind of a general confidence thing that seems to be pervasive for women but I see it really heightened in um, the context of maternity leave and returning to work Uh, and I definitely felt it myself so I've um, got two young children Uh, the first I had when I was at Virgin and I um, had a period of time off with my my little boy that was um, called Henry and when I came back to the business um, and it was um, a business I worked in a business called Virgin Red and it was a business that I actually helped to launch and it was moving so, so fast. And actually, it was in an area that I wasn't expert in. It was in app development and app acquisition. And I hadn't yep. done that in my career. And um, I'd gone off onto maternity leave feeling super confident about the impact mm-hmm. that I was making. Had about five months out, came back and thought, oh, my gosh, they all expect me to know the answers. I don't... I 
I don't know what what's going on in this business. Yeah. I don't know the answers. And I, I didn't, you know, it didn't last very long because I'm so tuned into this stuff and I could really get a hold of it quite quickly. But what I do see with lots of other women is that they do need some support there because a lot of people feel like, what's my what's my relevance what my, what's my value and at, at Microsoft when I was there they had a really good program which was when you came back from maternity leave you got three coaching sessions because they sort of acknowledged that this is something that pe- women yeah. particularly feel that's when fantastic. they come back to the work and that um you know that's not great for business we you know we want yeah. these people to come back and feel engaged and want to stay here and feel like they can stay here and so they yeah. invested in that coaching support to help people yeah I mean I would absolutely agree and I went through the same I took a year off for maternity and I was in Sky Creative at the time mm. very fast-paced environment I knew it was long hours um, worked on you know productions and campaigns took the year off was was looking at coming back things were changing in the business and I felt really, really nervous yeah. and very unsure. And I was also using my accrued holiday to come back part time, which mm. I think did help. Things had changed in the year I was away. Um, there was different management. There were different people around me. Um, and I just didn't know if it was for me anymore. Yeah. Um, and I actually started looking for other opportunities, which is then when I moved into the, the business side of the business, as it were, um, before getting into the marketing space. Um and it is something that needs to be addressed. I mean, we are at Sky talking and looking at, um, you know, phased returns. Yep. And I've started doing some reading around that. And it's really interesting you mentioned about Microsoft doing the three coaching sessions. Yeah, it's really good. I, th- I think we need to recognise that, that difficulty. And at Sky, we really try to encourage shared parental leave. We've recently enhanced our maternity leave. So mm-hmm. from two paid weeks to six paid weeks when the baby is first born. Um and things like that really help. So it can really help the mother uh, at home and therefore it helps the dad be his best self. For guys, they can feel that pressure as well, yeah. right? You know, yeah. if they're out the business for six months and with all of our businesses, they move so fast um, and things change so much that providing that support and training line managers. So, so many times, it's unfortunate, but there's been so many instances where somebody has said, you know, through either our parents at Sky Network or our women at Sky Network, um, oh, uh, you know, my manager doesn't know anything about any of the mm. policies. Mm. And it, and it's all there. We just need to help them find it. Or, you know, I have a male manager and he doesn't really know how to talk to me about my pregnancy. Yeah. You know, what what do I say to them when, you know, I'm, I'm feeling too big and I don't want to walk? And, you know, ca- can I work at home more? Um, and, of course, you know, men who wouldn't have been through it and, and giving everybody the support and the information they need that they feel comfortable to have those conversations. You trigger so many things when you're talking to me. Um, and the first thing that came to mind, I was um, read an article this morning actually about um, returnship. So there's an agency called RSA and their head of HR, a lady called Liz Nottingham, there's an article that's out and it's all about how you actually create an environment where it's okay to have had a career break yep. but whether you're a woman or man for whatever reason but you kind of you, 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 it's not all about continuous service and that people might leave the workforce for lots of different reasons to care for somebody for children to go do something different yeah. and actually they are still a hugely valuable asset but then also um the stuff that i've been doing around the new work which is all around um accelerating the adoption of flexible working a theme that is repeatedly coming up about the barrier to flexible working is managers willingness to have a conversation that they almost don't know how to have and so rather than admitting and feeling that it's okay that they don't quite know how to make a team work when everyone's working flexibly what they get is a lot of kind of no's by default so requests for more flexible working or agile working it's almost like well that can't work so it's a no and I really feel personally that we need to um 
create cultures where it's okay for people managers not to know the answer and that they can they can say I'm going to go and have a look at it for you but it feels to me that almost with there are some cultures where managers feel like they have to know everything and and that sort of limits exploring solutions I feel very strongly that's a top-down piece leaders have to model behavior and they have to show that I'm leaving at 4.30 today for mm. whatever reason. Mm. And, and I feel also quite strongly that it can't just be about childcare. So it can't be about your non, your child-free work population thinking that everybody with children gets to work flexibly. Agree. You know, and that happens. I'm a single parent. It's all on me to do the childcare. I have to be there to pick my child up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to be quite strict and strong about leaving at a certain yeah. time. And sometimes that didn't work and I was running to the nursery constantly 10 minutes late with you know my daughter standing there in the dark waiting for mummy to pick her up and feeling really awful about it Um, because meetings would go in at five o'clock that I didn't feel I could say no to Um, whereas if there is more of that culture people work agile smart Mm -hmm. flexibly and there is a good and consistent approach to it across the business Mm -hmm. modeled by leaders it will really help managers have those conversations and be open to it I like the idea of smart working I'm an adult I can be trusted I don't need to be present in the office yeah I need to deliver as long as I'm delivering and I know when I need to be in the office and I like being in the office actually I like the social environment of it but I don't always need to be there so actually if I want to work at home and by working at home I can alleviate some of the life pressures that Mm. I might be facing um, that will allow me to be a be- my better self at work. Mm. I was thinking as well when you talked about the, the the reasons for flexible working. HSBC spoke at one of our events and they they introduced a reason agnostic policy. Yes. So they felt that by creating an environment where someone had to justify their request for flexible working, be it a man or a woman, that it suddenly created a hurdle to the like to the manager asking why, yeah. and then there was some judgment about it should be why not. Yeah, yeah. Right. So and they said no reason agnostic. You do not have to talk about why that we're going to do this. And I thought actually that's a really Love that. that's that's a really powerful thing. On the um, kind of recruitment side of things as well, mm. one of the things that I came across was kind of on the flexible working as well, but how important it is for people and, and women in particular. There was a stat that from um, TimeWise report they did that nine in 10 people want to work flexibly but only one in 10 jobs advertise it and I think for women it is so important because you know we are juggling lots of different things in our lives and obviously you know people might be share parenting or you might be a single parent but you want to know that that option is there do you think that that's important in terms of how you're attracting female talent like actually promoting that this is a flexible place that you can work you can be an adult you can yeah yeah, definitely. At Sky, we a few years ago, we looked at the language that we're using. Yeah. So it's not just about saying that you're flexible, yeah. but think about the language you're using throughout a job ad when you're recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, but we always say we are a family and flexible, friendly workplace. Mm. And so we encourage that conversation from the outset. And we've opened the door to that discussion happening. Going back to your piece about returners, mm. um, in a couple of weeks, we're welcoming our first five returners into officially five returners. We launched a program um, a few months ago with women returners um, who who wrote the guidelines. Yeah. Um, who helped oh wow, the they've co-created. They've that co-created. is really interesting. Uh, mm. And they so they developed our program with us, um, and we've. We, the business is centrally funding five six-month placements going into our five, what we say are our five challenge areas. So yep. it won't be any surprise, finance, yeah. tech, product, yep. um, you know, design and supply. Um, and we have actually, I'm delighted to say, changed the mindset of the business. Yep. So in tech and GPDNS particularly, which is group product design and supply, they, they have 
actually specifically requested, can we always advertise for returners? Mm. Because the calibre of the candidates coming through has just been phenomenal. Wow. And what makes them returners? They've taken some time out of... Two plus years career break. Two plus years career break. That's two really plus years. That's, I love that. So A, the policy. Yeah. Uh, B, you've gone to those people to co-create the solution that works yes. for them. That's that's really powerful. And then the the results that the business are seeing, that they're now, the business are now championing yeah. it. Yeah. That's, that's... And, and ideally, it will become BAU. Yeah. You know, so our recruiters have have budget to find the best places to advertise jobs. Let's make advertising in the returners space part of our BAU when we're trying to fill certain roles. So back to what I spoke to about before, when we're trying to fill those 50-50 shortlists, we're not just going to the same places. Yeah, I think that's so exciting. Get different people in. You need to advertise in different spaces, mm. and you need to go out there and find them. Oh wow! I hope people are listening to this and thinking, "I want to do a returners program because you're going to get the best talent. <laughs> you're going to get the best talent that's coming back into the workforce." It's and, brilliant. And we haven't compromised. Yeah, you know, we said from the outset, if we don't believe we're getting the talent through the door, and if the caliber of the interviews are, are not at where we would want them to be, yeah. We won't, we won't hire them. Yeah. Okay, because that's not about We're still going to hire the best. Yeah, we're not exactly. compromising at all. And if anything, what we've had is the three people I've interviewed were absolutely brilliant. We want to try and find roles for all three. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, that's absolutely phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, we've been delighted with that. Delighted. So, talked a bit about attract and kind mm-hmm. of the language job descriptions yeah. and, and going into new talent pools. And we talked um, a little bit around develop and other certain skill sets for women that we might need to put a bit more weight on. You're listening to the Dog and Bone podcast from Propeller Group. If you're enjoying it, please share the link with your network. Subscribe on iTunes or your normal podcast provider. And if you're feeling really inspired, please write a review to help us zoom up the charts. Now, back to the conversation. In terms of retaining people, then, any things that you're doing there? Because I think this is so tricky. And I'm speaking as a woman who has left a large, you know, I've left Microsoft to kind of run my own business. So (laughs) I'm part of thinking, gosh, Helen, you're part of this problem now. (laughs) You've left the business. Yeah, I'm trying to solve for other companies, but I'm also kind of part of it. So I'm just... But you're giving back. You're paying it forward, right? (laughs) That's part of why I'm doing it, because I feel like I can actually have a bigger impact through the work that I'm doing outside of organizations to help to help them but I'm yeah yeah, I'm really passionate about creating a place where women can thrive throughout their careers and any any thoughts on what you're doing that could help would be really interesting something that tips into the development as well as the retention piece mentoring and sponsorship Mm. and I cannot stress it enough I have had mentors and sponsors throughout my career and they have introduced me to people opened doors been my advocate helped me think about ways that I'm resolving issues either personally or work-wise in the business. So I would strongly encourage everyone in a business, seek out a mentor, Mm. seek out, you know, work with your line manager. And if you don't feel comfortable talking to your line manager, speak to other colleagues. I don't know anybody in Sky who doesn't say, who who would say no to having a coffee with somebody and talking about themselves. And I always say to anybody that I'm starting to manage or that I'm working with, everybody loves talking about themselves. Okay. <laughs> they will sit down, you buy them a coffee um, and they will talk about themselves and um, then put in another coffee. Yeah. And then before they know it, they're mentoring yeah. you and you start using them and talking about them and develop a really strong relationship. I think when you're looking for a sponsor, 
that's a bit different. Mm. You need somebody who is senior, who is respected and who can be your advocate. And for that, you might need help. So, mm. for example, with women in leadership and for our women into leadership, we work with them to match them with mentors and sponsors mm. so that we can facilitate, encourage and develop their careers and help move them into leadership positions mm. as they're in the business. And again, they pay it forward. So we expect all of the women, we had 370 women go through the Women in Leadership program, and we expect all of them to be available as mentors and sponsors, and they all are. Mm. Secondly, you have to have family-friendly policies, and they have to be equal for men and women. Mm -hmm. Shared paternity leave, um, as I say, we've recently enhanced our paternity leave for men at the beginning, um, which got such a great response from people. Um, you know, my wife is having a baby in a couple of months, and I was thinking two weeks isn't enough. Yeah. Now I'm going to have six weeks yeah. paid to be at home. And any time I've spoken to friends and male colleagues, they've said, you know, you have that two weeks and, and, and it flies. And all mm. of a sudden you're back at work and your whole world has changed at home. But you've got two weeks to sort of adjust to that and, and be back in, in the office. So I think doing something like that is great. Um, leaders modelling behaviour, making opportunities available, providing the right um, development for people as they go through so we have um, licenses with LinkedIn learning yeah. we have loop development um, and so having having a team in HR who are specifically focused on making sure that the right development pieces are out there um, is really important you know culture is is a really key focus for us yeah. so although we have sort of hard business targets for our gender and our, our race um, for BAME, you know, the culture is another key focus. Mm. I think as well, and, and kind of building on that, I totally agree, by the way, with your approach to mentorship and that it's, it's um, I, I think you should never actually ask for a mentor. I think you should ask for a coffee and be specific about what you want to learn and then yeah. it evolves yeah. into a mentorship yeah. if it's going to. But um, that you actually earn sponsorship. Um, but the, the point that I was thinking about was um, actually role models as well. When I was at Microsoft, um, I was doing some research about women in technology. How do we get more women in yeah. technology and create a space where women can thrive? And actually there being quite a gap in terms of the role models that people are looking to. Women are looking to find female role models in the workplace. And they're not necessarily seeing them. And one of the things that I talked about at the event that I was speaking about there was actually that we are all role models. Yeah. Some I think some people almost a bit imposter syndrome and they think um, you have to be really senior to be a role model. You know, it's for somebody mm. who's on the board, but I actually think everybody, everybody. can be a role everybody. model to somebody. Yeah. There's something in everybody's yeah. story that can help somebody else. And I think it's so important for us to recognise the importance of role models, recognise that you can be a role model and put yourself out so that other yeah. people can learn from you. The Women at Sky Network um, does does have a series of what they call role model lunches. And oh, they are nice. generally with, with senior women in the business. They're always very, very popular. Um, and we can ask them anything in yeah. that lunchtime. So, so they do share their story. They share their journey, how they walked up. But I, I have a number of people that contact me to say, can I talk to you because you've moved around the business? How can I move around the business? Yeah. Or I might put them in touch with somebody else. Or I'm, um, I work with the parents at Sky Network quite closely and we have people contact us that say, I've just become a single parent or, you know, I am a single parent and I'm struggling with this. And, and I always pick up to respond to them because I think it's really important to say there is somebody else like you mm. who, you know, I will do what I can to help and how can I, you know, point you in the right direction? How can I make sure that you feel supported? Mm. But Helen, just back to you a minute, mm. because I know you're working with lots of organisations at the moment mm. and working with different types of organisations. Are, are you, are they round on, are they on there with the business case? Like, do they understand kind of the the benefits to the business? Yeah, I think there's... Um... 
well, I mean, there's lots of evidence about the the business case for diversity, which I think people are aware of. So um, that it, it can so diversity on a board, for example, can is proven to increase the profitability of an organisation, both in metrics like earnings before incomes and tar- tax, um, and also kind of longer term metrics. So I think there is a business case that businesses are aware of. I think there's also um, a less tangible. Um, kind of business case that people talk to me about which is about like creativity innovation new ideas and that actually that they don't have or em- empathy in an organization as well and that actually having mm. a diverse senior leadership team as well as in the workforce if you don't have that diversity you're missing out on that stuff and sometimes that's a bit less measurable but I think um, what might start the conversation is that they've, they've read a report about the actual kind of commerciality of diversity but what continues it feels like some of that intangible stuff like people genuinely recognize that we will have a more creative workforce better conversations a more balanced workforce um more representative if if we have that diversity in place and i think it's one of the reasons people come and talk to us i mean people generally come to talk to me and about how we can help them about employee engagement um that's so and it's not always female centric and you know when i was working at microsoft we um, had such honest conversations about how we bring more women into technology and it wasn't this hidden, it wasn't like a, oh, we need to hide that there aren't enough women in technology. It was a, let's not hide this. Like, yeah. we, we want yeah. to change We have this. a hard target for yeah. women in technology. I, I yeah. think it's a good thing. Like, put those numbers out there, show people that you're working towards them, admit that there is a challenge that you need to work at with, you know, women in, in, in schools, women in universities, but show that you're on a journey and don't Mm. hide behind it and I think that that is um and having some metrics is important having some measurements is important um but not I think not hiding it is really empowering and that makes you know me personally want to work more for those types of companies and more work more with those types of companies that are sharing some of those stuff and Sky you you mean you have a hard target that you we do we have a hard target which we've gone public with so 50% of our leadership layer uh to be gender balanced by 2020 yeah so we've got two, two years that's a big target yeah, it is, it is. Uh, 30% in our women in technology space so we have a technology population of about three and a half thousand people in mm-hmm. the UK mm-hmm. uh, about five thousand if we think about Europe as well and uh, 20% in our women in home service uh, so we've developed a program specifically to train women as engineers yeah and whether they come then apply for a full-time role in Sky or go elsewhere, we have helped sort of stimulate that piece. And they've gone from 2% to 10% in about a year. I think one thing that I did really notice at Microsoft, so I went into Microsoft having not worked, so as as a woman, (laughs) we're going into technology, (laughs) and having not worked directly in technology before. And I was recruited by somebody who really embraced the principle of growth mindset. And it's something that Microsoft talk about a lot. Um, And uh, so in that context, he was saying, you have a capability to learn and you have a capacity to to learn and you're bringing lots of other things to this organisation apart from a pre-established knowledge of technology. And I actually think think that the more that we do that that can help to solve the problem as well so rather than just tapping into a pool of women who are already knowledgeable about uh an, an industry where we're finding it hard to recruit women into so yeah. engineering science technology actually looking at people's capacity capability to learn a little bit more broadly and bringing people into those professions maybe further on in their career yeah. because 
yes, I had to be prepared for quite a steep learning curve because there was about a thousand acronyms I did not know. <laughs> was, I love an acronym. <laughs> oh my gosh, there was a lot. And there was also an ecosystem that I didn't know. And I had to be okay that I didn't know that. And yeah. I had to be confident in the fact that I knew some other things that had value. And sometimes the fact that I didn't know that stuff gave me a fresh perspective. But I do think that that also helps us to tap into a population of people that we might not have thought of before because we might have assumed quite a like linear career path for people and yes we do need people who are expert in you know blockchain and coding and all kinds of things that I didn't know at Microsoft but we also needed people that could lead those people Um, and that shouldn't have been a barrier to me coming into that organization and it definitely definitely wasn't and it really opened my mind up to um, you know that I was recruited in this kind of like growth mindset um, recruitment process where I did this sort of speed dating recruitment with lots of different people and they didn't ask me about you know what was I expert in and what tech technology things did I know and could I articulate this particular thing they asked me about how did I learn how did I develop people what was I passionate about what could I bring Um, and it was much more you know how did I deal with with failures and so they were bringing me into the organization to bring that to almost complement people who had the technical skills and I think more organizations could um, look at that and not limit themselves to a set of qualifications or pre-existing experience that people might have to have yeah and I think um, certainly what I've what I see at Sky um, in those areas um, at for certain positions is that same thing we don't need somebody who has done a master's degree in computer science yeah. we need somebody who can motivate and lead a team or understand strategy mm. um, and bring those skills to the business let's mm. be real here mm. because if you start your job ad with coding and yeah those other tech things that obviously I know nothing about either. (laughs) Um, But if you start your job ad with that, you've lost so many people already straight away. Whereas if you say, we need a good leader who understands strategy, who can motivate teams to deliver. Yeah, it's amazing. You bring everybody back into the fold. Have you come across Textio? No. Um, So it is a uh, a service, it's a software service where you can run a job description through the service and it tells you about like your gender bias language as well. If you've got things like expert and guru and lots of, Mm. you know, it it turns, it turns women off. And so it's quite a good sense check when you're, I, I looked at it and when I was doing, you know, um, sort of job descriptions at Microsoft for my team, I would go on to Textio and be like, oh, that's interesting because that kind of unconscious bias, even me being really aware of this stuff, Sometimes in in speedily writing a job description, I would find myself falling into a trap of, some, you know, contradicting yeah. some of the things I'm saying. I think it takes some practice because we've just sort of been conditioned in yeah. certain ways of doing things. And also taking your time. Yeah. So I think sometimes we fall into this trap of, I have a headspace, I've got to fill that headspace yeah. and I've got to fill it really quickly. So you go to your recruiter, you know, that whole process yeah. that we all know. Do you need to replace that job yeah. or do you need to relook at the team? And it is harder to manage a diverse team of people. Agreed. Because the minute you're bringing people in who are not like you yeah. or potentially who might clash, but you want that clash to stimulate that, those different thought processes and, and overall deliver different ways of thinking, it's a diff- more difficult team to manage. Yeah. And you have to accommodate not everybody wants to go to a pub and have a pint after work yeah. and can we do anything during the working day and what can we do that everybody will enjoy to create a team spirit mm. but it is harder to manage but actually if you take a step back and think I'm not going to rush into just filling this headspace and replacing what I've had yeah I don't need to replace John for because I've got eight Johns sitting there um already 
So in, in, I guess in context of my career as well, so I've spent my career entirely in marketing and I feel this is a real opportunity for marketing. So the the creative hotbed of the organisation, I feel like if anywhere should want to embrace diversity, I feel like it should be marketing. And I, I do think it's a real opportunity because marketing is kind of so it's 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 so integrated within the company so internal and external in terms of the customers see the brand as well I just you know maybe I'm biased because I love marketing but I do (laughs) feel that there's a real opportunity for that part of the business to just almost spearhead these this kind of diversity and prove that it uh it that 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 debate that it creates these diverse teams actually has these really powerful outputs in terms of the fresh thinking and the fresh ideas and um yeah you know in my team at microsoft i had apprentices i had a really different i had so keen on having that diversity and it made my team feel challenging definitely but more exciting and we've got so many fresh ideas and i just think that's a real uh, opportunity for for marketing to kind of own that and differentiate itself in the business. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And how are we not just going to go out to our customers and say, "Hi guys, this is the best product. Now it's cheaper than ever." In your company, it won't yeah. always be the cheapest. Yeah. You want to show that it's the best, so you have to, you know, you need all of those people coming in because actually, your um, you know, your your Bob over here and your Sandra over here and your apprentice and your grad and your senior people will all have really different ideas and really different perspectives. Yeah. And you only get that if you bring all of those different people together. I mean, I'm delighted to say that our CMO Luke Bradley Jones um, is now our exec sponsor of Male Allies program uh-huh. for our Women at Sky Network. That's great. Um, our, our marketing group actually over indexes on women overall um, and the leadership is mostly female as well so we definitely have that gender balance piece which is great Um, and then the diversity of thought that you know we we really bring on and develop you know we have a great grads program that Mm -hmm. comes in so Mm -hmm. we've got those young really keen eager beans coming in and sometimes the stuff that they come out with I'm just like well I I don't know that you know I've been working for 20 years i TV production background came into marketing through being at Sky. I, I don't know about everything. I don't know about the latest technologies, but they're on it. They're using it. Yeah. And they're thinking constantly, what will this do? How can we apply what I know from the way I interact with social media and the talkability I see about other things and the learnings that I'm getting from there? How can I apply that to my job? Yeah. yeah. And my belief as well is that consumers will care more and more about the way businesses are being run. So, yes. you know, because it's going to become more and more visible in the world that we're in. And I just think that's marketing's opportunity to get that integrity right, yes. to work out well, what messages are we putting out that we say our company does and what our company stands for. And I personally, as a marketer, find that quite exciting for yeah that you can not only do great products, but you can almost change how companies work as well and you can kind of be that creative bed in in, in the organisation. And I think we know as well, consumers actually really care about brands and what brands they're buying. And they may or may not change their consumer behaviour based on, you know, something bad. But if we think about, you know, plastics Mm -hmm. and the way things are going with that nowadays and moving people away from, from that... You know, being a company, so at Sky, we have gone completely plastic free on our campus. Mm-hmm. And we're doing it because it's the right thing to do and we genuinely believe it. And we have yeah. the Ocean Rescue campaign. But also we know that as a brand, we have to be in tune with what consumers mm. are feeling and thinking. Mm. Um, and we have to be more human, mm. actually. Um, and we have to have, you know, a, a, a purpose and be in, in tune with what's happening in the outside world. The same way our workforce has to be representative of the world we live in. Absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, well, I think we should probably leave it there and I'll catch up with you next <laughs> it's time. It's been great to talk to you. you Thanks too. for your call. Speak, Speak to you soon, soon, Helen. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for joining us on The Dog and Bone. Please subscribe to the podcast and if you have any questions or suggestions, do get in touch via our website, dogandbone.dog or send us an email at woof at dogandbone.dog.